Are you tired, cranky, never able to achieve the restful sleep that you deserve? Time for you to call Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep has just the prescription for you. He will diagnose you with what ails us all, life. And then he writes the prescription, eternal rest. Never worry about falling asleep again. Never worry about anything again. Call 1-800-DR-SLEEP today and embrace eternity tomorrow. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hanschen. Hanschen. And today, I'm so stoked because, uh, you know, man, we're reviewing a really good movie. Really good movie, Dr. Sleep. But first, I'd like to tell you about... Our website, Horror... I just want to take a moment and, and recognize how great of a read that ad was. Like, yeah. that was... Well, Brennan... Genuine voice-level talent yeah. read Brennan of Dr. Sleep commercial. Really dis- he Sometimes he just brings it, you know? Um, check us out at our website, horrormovietalk.com. From there, you can find links to all of our social media. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Reddit. We're on Facebook, Twitter, the gram, kind of. TikTok. TikTok. We're all everywhere you want to be. And, <laughs> and we do almost nothing on any of those except Twitter and Facebook. We post new uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes. You know how much that helps us. It helps us a ton. And you know what? We're not asking for much. We give you a free program to listen to every week, and uh, and really the thing that you can do that'll help us the most will be to head on over to iTunes any way you can. Make ninety extra accounts and just give us five star. You don't got to write anything. Just give us five stars. We appreciate it. Yeah. It's the difference between like, if we, if we're on the chart at position 140, if we get one review, we like skyrocket up to like 30. Yeah. And if we get two, if we get two, we're up in the top 10. No, that's not true. No, we're up in the top 10. Please uh, leave us a, a rating if you haven't yet. Yeah, for sure. Like I said before, we're reviewing Doctor Sleep. I did not expect for I came into this movie being super worried and it and it put my mind at ease because I'm a big fan of The Shining, man, and and I just was I'm specifically I'm a big fan of Kubrick and I'm a huge fan of The Shining that Kubrick did and uh and this did not disappoint me. We'll start out the show by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a miserable dredge, where you're disappointed, angry, and sad that you had to watch it. 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks. And 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later in the show, we will be doing taglines, the... Most common game that we play at the end of every show where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie that could work or make you laugh or make you cringe. Mm -hmm. 
So, as I said, we've, we went and saw an early screening of Dr. Sleep. We were lucky enough to get in about a week before. A week and a day before it's going to come out in yeah. regular theaters. Yeah, so this is going to hit um, the, a day before you're able to see it. Um, so keep that in mind. You should probably check it out this weekend. I highly recommend it. I was tr- when, it, when we watched this movie, I was treated to what I believe to be the best horror blockbuster of the year. This is the movie that Brightburn told us it would be. It's a compelling... Stick with me now. You'll, you'll see okay. where I'm going with this. This is a compelling superhero story with a horror twist. And on top of all that high praise, I truly believe that this is a worthy spiritual successor to The Shining, Kubrick's Shining, which is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Dr. Sleep is impressive, serious, and fun. And here is the trailer. So that trailer is um, mostly a lot of uh, a lot of visuals, obviously. Um, and man, I, I really love that song in the, towards the end of that trailer. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but man, it, it strikes me with all that um, all that 
um, what do you call organ music. Um, but if you guys want to see the trailer, hop on over to Horror Movie Talk and check out our post for the episode, and the trailer will be right there. I'll include that one, and I think the, the second trailer as well. Dr. Sleep can be found in theaters tomorrow evening and this weekend, and I highly suggest you see it. It's not so much a sequel to The Shining as it is a continuation of the story of Danny Torrance, now played by Ewan McGregor, and then in The Shining, played by Danny Lloyd. My wife has corrected me in the past that it's pronounced Ewan. Ewan. Not Ewan. Ewan. And only assholes would correct you on that. Yeah, that's pretty. Like my wife. It's pretty rough. It's like, <laughs> well, how did you say it? Ewan. Excuse me. <laughs> like it's spell, you moron. <laughs> it's Ewan. Okay. It, uh, this movie loops in a lot of other interesting characters who also shine and does a much better job of defining what The Shining is than Kubrick's film did. Yeah. Kubrick's film was great for what it was a Kubrick film. Um, but it was not Kubrick. The thing with Kubrick is he, and I don't know how to pronounce Kubrick. We're going to have to bring in Aaron. For don't this, care. For don't this care. One. Don't care. I don't know if it's Kubrick or Kubrick or Kubrick. could be Kubrick. We all know who we're Let's talking about. Let's just say about. Kubrick. Let's okay. okay so Kubert. a Kubrick film, kind of the reoccurring theme for me is it looks fantastic. And it is, cold when it comes to emotion it's perfect it's you, very very detached oh. and there's not a lot of humanity oh. in it <laughs> it's just like oh. these these are these are pieces in a chess game yeah and you get to watch them as i put them in the frame beautifully i i love it it's my it's I think that that must be why I love movies like The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's so clinical. Yeah. I love. I I grew up watching Kubrick films and uh, Kubrick. Okay, and um, yeah, um, it's great. I like. I really love his style. But but as far as the story goes, it was very hard to eke out what exactly The Shining was. Yeah. And this movie really details all of it. Yeah, for me, The Shining. When I watched it first, I had heard of how great of a horror film it was and how great of a film it was. And I watched it and I'm like, I don't get, I just don't, I don't get what's going on. I can't believe, other than, I can't believe we're going to have you review it next week. I know. It's going to be great. So, oh, <clears throat> I'll give this his first shake. Well, here's, here's what I'll say is that since then I've read or listened to the audiobook again my wife would tell me that you know i can't say i read the book because i listened to the audiobook um jesus she's very particular um so i listened to the audiobook of the shining and then i'm able to go oh that's what it's about yeah that is the actual story and it makes a whole lot more sense yeah kubrick definitely decided to tell his own story with it but also i mean he did a great job of i mean in terms of the feel of the dread and the the feel of the horror itself thematically it's the same but it's told in such a different way and it doesn't tell you exactly what is going on which is with, something with that Jack I, Torrance which is something that I love you know I love those things I love it when they don't tell you 
Yeah. There's there's an element of The Shining that has been so mysterious for all these years to me. Like I've I've never read the book. Yeah. So if you go into Doctor Sleep and you're expecting the same aesthetic of just looking clinical, looking f- fabulous, and um, having a bunch of disjointed scenes of creepy stuff, it's not going to be that. It is an actual well-laid-out storyline yeah. on film. It's going to be just very akin to anything that you're going to see in theaters. But it has great, scary moments. Yeah. Dr. Sleep follows Danny through some of his childhood, immediately following the death of his deranged father, Jack. And it picks up the timeline in 2011 and then again in 2019. This movie uses a parallel plot structure to introduce us to the important players in the story, which it weaves together into one cohesive tale that had me fully bought in. Danny grows up, beats his demons, and settles down into a job where he excels. And then his life gets flipped, turned upside down (laughs) by a little girl who shines, just like he did when he was a little boy. Uh, He eventually takes her under his wing the same way Halloran took Danny under his. There is a definite bad guy in this movie, which I won't go into until the spoilers section. But from what I can tell, the critical response to Dr. Sleep, the book, was favorable with exception to the bad guy. I can see how it might not translate well on paper. I don't know. I will have to talk to Bryce about that. But the baddie in the movie was fabulous and iconic to me. Yeah, I think... Well, I wonder what the... Are you talking about the the collective bad guy or the, yes, the leader? The okay. collective. Well, yeah. In the book, it's a little more uh, explicit with what Stephen King's intentions were for portraying it. And it's a little less clear in the movie. But no, I mean, the I don't see any problem with the bad guy in the in the book or in the. I think I think people take uh, issue with what it's called with with not not the their name, but like how you might. In, I'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, in we'll get into it. The sound design in this movie was impressive as hell to me. It kept me in the moment and feeling the tension the whole way through. There's a heartbeat that is loud and uh, and pervasive basically throughout like 85 percent of this movie. The visuals were well were well thought out, slow and meticulous. This movie actually had some very cool panning shots, which I, which I mentioned in our last episode, which covered the lighthouse. This movie had had actual like f- effort put into put into the shot, not a bunch yeah. of jump cuts. I mean, there was jump cuts and stuff, but there was considerable effort gone into the framing. Yeah, there's some really cool effects in this in terms of camera work and and how the shots are stitched together. Yeah. The characters and storylines were top tier and the casting was maybe the best I've ever seen in any movie ever. Uh, They've uh, they've reenacted scenes from The Shining to a truly impressive degree to the point that I'm. Not sure whether or not they were reenacted. Some of them I, I were reenacted. I checked it, and you'll be you'll you'll be surprised. Listen to the spoiler section for for the uh, clue. Right the 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 casting for the people who played um, the Torrances from The Shining was impeccable. Like I, I, they were so close to. I mean, they were clearly not Jack Nicholson, but they weren't. They weren't that far off, you know. Right. 
Um, of all things I was impressed with about Dr. Sleep, I think the most telling one is that I don't feel any resentment at all about it being a sequel to one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. The artistry behind this movie was impressive, and Mike Flanagan clearly held Kubrick's work in a sacred place. I love Dr. Sleep because I love great stories. It's a fabulous story, full of wonder and terror, and I love the way Flanagan chose to adapt this story for the big screen. I give it a 10 out of 10. I love Mike Flanagan. I I think I've said that many times before. I don't think he's made a bad movie, and so I was very very happy that he was going to be at the helm of this movie um i think first off is the book itself is not that great sure it's good um the i think i can say that the movie is better i was impressed as hell with this thing um it's definitely less annoying than the audiobook <laughs> this was the uh, to me it was hands down I mean, we've had three big blockbuster Stephen King adaptations mm-hmm. in 2019. We have Pet Cemetery, we've had It Chapter Two, and now we've had The Doctor Sleep, and this beats those two out. Yeah, see, handily. I'm, I'm really struggling now because the score that I gave it in my head doesn't seem fair. Um, what was the score? Because you gave I, it in your I head? can, I agree with you. As far as a movie, it works a lot better than It. Chapter two, it chapter two is more of a clip show. Yeah. And, and it's an untold story as a movie. Yeah. So it's not just rehashing Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And Pet Cemetery was really good too. I can't remember what we gave Pet Cemetery. Um, here's the difficulty is that I actually consumed the source material. You tainted the water. And so I tainted the water. So a lot of the revelation and the excitement about the story itself is taken away. I'm going to give it an eight. Wow. Um, Brutal. I was going to give it a seven. Wow. Yeah. But I think, I think it deserves at least an eight because it is very well made. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much I can defend that. I don't think it's a 10 or a nine because it's not, I'm not as like, super enthused about it i'm amped on this movie like i want to take i want to go see it again with other people i am i am gonna go see it again because aaron wants to see it so this week this next week we're gonna be watching the shining and because aaron wants to see dr sleep and she wants to see the shining first this which is, is not necessary really but yeah um we're gonna watch the shining and then i'm sure i'm gonna take aaron with me to to dr sleep again um and i'm not dreading it like I'm, I'm. I'll look forward to it because it is a really good movie. Um, about half the time of the movie, I was trying to step out of my own mind and see what would I think about this if this is the first thing I knew about the movie. And for me, the first half of it, just a lot of it was set up, and it, it felt like it was slower than it needed to be. I was enthralled in, in communicating the the concepts. Um. So I'm trying to like approach this clinically and maybe it's not fair, but I think I I can stand by a score of eight. It's very good. It's very worth seeing in the theater and it will stand up as a really good horror movie. This movie is everything. It's, it's so much more my lane than pet cemetery or, um, 
or it in the yeah. way in the way it's presented. Yeah, it's it's it. This is primarily this is a a, a thriller. Yeah. Um, and it's and it 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 centers around a, a, it, the movie is tension based. You know, it's and it just whole it's which I appreciate. It's not it's not a jump scare factory like it. Yeah. It's not a um. Well, it's it's not kind of a linear. Uh, it's not quite so such a linear story as a it's simple a, story like Pet Cemetery. Yeah, it's a little more like a sci-fi yeah. thriller too, because it's it's almost like it's two types of genres like put together in a sandwich. So it has the horror elements, which it, there's a lot of callbacks to The Shining and the type of horror yeah. that's in The Shining. But the majority of the movie is like using the shining as magic as so superhero power it's like closer to like harry potter it really felt like i said <laughs> about the brightburn thing like i want to defend that for a moment these are basically superheroes <laughs> who all have different powers right that you know that are all united under this this banner of shine right and uh and it's a great like and what i love is they didn't they did not sell it as that like in this day and age where it's like all you got to do is slap superhero on on a title and then people are like oh my god I'm cream pants instead they just went no man this is just a successor to the shining and then it just happened to be about basically superheroes with fucking awesome powers that they never say are powers they're just like it's magic and and then they and then they're done with it they just talk about it like it's this is the shine yeah yeah which is cool to me. Anyway, so that's our score. And uh, with that, let's get into a few plugs for ourselves. If you guys like the show um, and want to help us out, you can certainly do that by heading to our website, horrormovietalk.com. And up in the top, there are two buttons. There's a button for Patreon and a button for Amazon. And the Patreon button will take you to, guess what? Patreon. Our, our Patreon. And uh, from there, you can uh, join one of our tiers and uh, and you can get access to a long running um, podcast that has been going on for about, I don't know, five or six months now mm -hmm. um, that is Patreon only. And it is us after the show. So we call it the Afterpod. You can get access to the Afterpod. You can also vote on which movies we are going to review each month. You can also, you know, you can get early access to episodes. Yeah. Early access to episodes. So check us out on Patreon. Also, like I said, the other button is Amazon. If you click that button before you do your shopping on Amazon, if you bookmark it and all that kind of stuff, every time you spend money on Amazon, you will be kicking a little bit of that money on over to us. Also, Shutter has been kind enough to give us a, uh, a coupon code, coupon code for 30 free days of uh of shutter which is a, a streaming horror service and i started got a little high the other night started watching <laughs> started watching creep show their their new series and i had a very fun time i don't know if it was because of creep show or because I was a little high, or what it was. It was probably a little both. A little of both. But you can get 30 free days of Shudder instead of their stupid seven-day free trial if you enter HMT at checkout. Um, and finally, make sure you check out our resident artist, Dustin Goebel, a professional artist who fucks hard. Check out his uh, Stranger Things art book that he was featured in in Visions from the Upside Down. Uh, he it's a pretty legit book 
and it's a hardbound book that over 200 artist fan works were officially licensed in by Netflix. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So contact him, follow him at D G O E B E L zero zero. That's D Goble zero zero on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. He does. All yeah. Kinds and he of... also has Dustin Goble.com. Oh, there you um, go. This is his website. Um, I just want to thank any horror movie talk fans that have followed him on Instagram. I, I asked him and he did say he noticed a uptick in followers and in Instagram. Um, after, uh, our plugs so th- thank you for supporting him and us his his art for the last month or so of posts is fantastic and we've got a lot of compliments he is dude it's really like a i i can't believe we don't deserve dustin but he, i love his art because it's... So support him while he's while he's our artist because he's gonna realize like <laughs> i'm just giving them this shut art, up this great art for free Bryce, and then he's gonna, I'm gonna have leave. to cut out so much of this episode if you don't stop and then we're gonna just have to tell and people stop let's go into spoilers <laughs> all right so yeah i mean this is uh an important section because it hasn't come out yet for the majority of people unless you did unless you saw it a week early with us um we're gonna be talking about spoilers so head on out and then come back after you watch the movie this weekend Spoilers. Spoilers. Check it out. It's spoiler time. It's spoiler time. Okay. (laughs) Give me some of that voice back. All right. All right. So this movie starts with a drone shot of a campground. Very similar to... So, yeah, I mean, the, the overhead shot of a street through trees now has been so overused it's that every, shining every shot. it's the shining shot yeah. to where when they use it in the sequel to the shining <laughs> you're like, like okay, okay all right all right <laughs> <laughs> seen it <laughs> yeah 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 so um so it starts with a little girl coming out of basically a camera a camper at a campground yeah and she's like bye mom i'm going to pick some flowers and then she uh, she kind of like walks by the lake and there's this beautiful woman sitting with a top hat on by the lake and she's mm-hmm. got she got a bunch of flowers and this little girl kind of walks up to her and she's like hey you, flowers <laughs> <laughs> taking a lot of good notes there david well i i mean yeah 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 what are your notes what did she say stuff good one okay so basically it's it's revealed that this that this woman sitting by the lake is um she has a hat and it's magic and she's and she's she's kind of a it's a real pennywise moment yeah like she's she's a little too eager to talk to this girl and she's like hey come on over here how are you it's this little girl and then her friends show up (laughs) in the in the forest like surrounding them What, what was that shot reminiscent of just like the um it felt like it's kind of like the twins in the overlook yeah but it's surrounding them um it felt like the like the trailer for pet cemetery where there were all those kids walking down that trail this is like ugh. or it's kind of like us the the family standing that's in the distance. what it is um 
and then they slowly make their way towards her and the girl's like uh i gotta go and then rose is like no stay don't, don't you don't, don't you, you like, like magic yeah <laughs> and uh don't you like f- flowers in magic and so she makes like a flower appear in her hat and then she eats it yeah and, and the little girl's like don't eat flowers you're not supposed to eat the flowers and that's when rose said says it's the special one. You oh, you gotta eat the flowers. It's the special ones that taste the best. And yeah, then, it then is. They, a, it is a great scene. Yeah, it's a it's a great way to to start the movie. And then we're back with young Danny um, from the original from The Shining, basically. Um, and the and, iconic shot of him on the tricycle yeah. going down the hallway. Yeah, and he's he's he stops in front of room two thirty seven, which of course houses the uh, the old. Uh, the old naked bitch. Yeah. Okay, so this is an important thing. I'm going to derail your your bullet points for, yeah. for now. Because this is something that people are going to be asking after okay. this this uh, movie. And it's something that we debated on the car ride home. <coughs> How many of the shots from The Shining did they use in this movie? How, how many did, shots from the original movie, The yeah. Shining? So, so, I mean, in terms of the actual footage, like Kubrick. Right shot you know film did right. they use in this it felt like it felt like i at least one or two spots where i was like that's the shining uh-huh. like that's from the shining so what are, what are the two um because uh, i looked it up and I, I found out what it was and the answer will shock you um i i can't recall exactly but i believe the one of one of them that I that I was like I was like oh that's got to be was um, a picture of Danny in the in the hall in the in the like the ballroom or something like that I think and then another one was um, what was what was his his wife's name the, Mrs Torrance um, I can't remember I the can't mom remember whatever either. played by um, Shelley Duvall Shelley Duvall in the bathroom. Um, uh-huh. The iconic, the like, yeah. axe through the door yeah. with her screaming. I feel like at least those two, or but I feel like there was a few spots where I was like, that's from The Shining. So I'm going to say two spots, but I don't know. Okay, there were three. Okay. The shot where it's the helicopter shot going over the lake with the island. Okay. The shot with them driving the car. I think there's two shots of them driving the car towards the overlook. Okay. And they're digitally altered to add snow. Oh. Because it was impossible for them to recreate those shots. Those were the only shots. Okay. It was just the driving, some of the driving shots. Like I said, this movie is... It is fucking amazing. Like, I'm telling you, it, you will watch it and they, they don't use any clips of Shelley Duvall... They don't use any clips of Jack Nicholson, but it'll trick you to think like that. That's from the shine. Yeah, we right? came out of the movie, and I I said to Bryce, "That's got it." Like there's there's a, several shots that they pulled directly from the Shining. He was like, "I don't know, man." And I was like, "If not, there, this is the most fucking impressive movie ever." Yeah the the shot with the axe coming through the door and Shelley Duvall screaming is so iconic. Like they use that. Yeah. In every clip show of horror moments. Like Remember any, horror movies? Yeah, it's 
it is the iconic shot of Shelley Duvall screaming at an axe blade coming through a door. And it and tricked me. In that moment, it was perfect. Yeah. The only thing different was her face was a little different. Just because just it was played was a by different a completely person. different actress. Yeah. And that is a, and then the other shot with 40, um, 40 years later. Yeah. And then the shot with Jack Torrance limping down the hall with the axe. Yeah. Also another one. And that was that was like so perfect that it tricked you thinking that it was that was the shot of Jack Nicholson. They had the look they had the look, the mannerisms, the exact aesthetic, like the lighting, like everything was exactly this it was so much care and effort gone yeah. into recreating this perfect like second and a half shot. Yeah. So if if you come if you just came out of this movie and you're wondering which shots did they use from the shining? It's not the ones that you expect. Yeah. Anything with the actors is remade. They, and it's, they recast it, and it's a great shot. So um, you if you it. haven't watched it yet, we should just say that this movie is its own thing. It does not exploit The Shining as much as you think it would. No. It only comes into play in the beginning of it and then at the end of it. The rest of it is its own thing. There's not a ton of callbacks right. in terms of like recreating shots right but the ones that they do are pretty amazing and you had a good point which was uh, you really appreciated that they didn't use cgi to recreate it oh man i hated i hated rogue one i yeah. hated rogue one yeah, for for recreating um uh what's his name tarkin yeah tarkin and because it was so, princess leia too yeah and princess leia it's so off-putting yeah. because the guy that they okay here's here's my deal I can't stand it because it's disrespectful to the audience. Like, I don't care about the stupid people that are like, but it doesn't look the same. It doesn't look like it, It's not Carrie Fisher. Who, it's who like, would ever do that? This is, this is a, so yeah, like when Carrie Fisher died, everyone was like, are they going to digitally recreate it? It's like, I hope not. Or, I hope not because people, they are characters. Yeah. Played by actors. Yeah, it's not Princess the Leia is not Carrie Fisher. Right. She is a character in a fake world. Like, just bring in um, Meryl Streep yeah. to play Princess Leia, and people, they'll make her up. She'll have the same mannerisms and yeah, the character type. you got to understand, buddy, like... Meryl Streep as Princess Leia would cost so much. That would cost well, the yeah. whole budget <laughs> of an already very expensive movie. But yeah, when Tarkin comes out, what's so frustrating is the guy that they they cast to be his voice and and uh, the motion capture looked so much like yeah. the original actor that you could literally do the same thing with makeup. And it would look more believable. I've opened a can of worms here. I apologize, folks. Anyways, they didn't do that in this film, and it was a good choice. Yeah. Uh, now, d little Danny is at the, his new apartment with his mom, and they're they're living their best life, trying to anyway. Sans his yeah. his insane father, who f who spoilers for The Shining, uh, froze to death in the wastes of Colorado. Yeah, I think it doesn't open up. 
directly after the events of The Shining right, with the shot. Time. It's probably like a year or two afterwards, and yeah. they've kind of settled. And Danny hasn't talked really. He hasn't. Uh, he hasn't really talked to anybody. But he. Uh, it's. It's. It's um, shown to us that he can't go to the bathroom. Like every time he he gets up at night to go to the bathroom, he walks down the hallway. Um, which is Jenny Slate says in her, in her Netflix special, she, she says, and then I walk out into the hallway, which is the scariest place in America, <laughs> in the United States. He walks into the hallway, he looks down the hall into the bathroom and then that hand, in, yeah. you know, in the bathtub reaches back and that, and that, that old lady, that naked old lady ghost is standing in the bathtub. And so he can't go to the bathroom. He just stands in the hallway and wets his pants every time. And well, uh, I don't know if it's every time. It might have been just that time. Well, I would prefer to think of it as every time. Yes. A recurring. Just like a permanent puddle. yellow stain right. on that part of the carpet. That's right. Um, but, you know, if it were me, I would just whip it out and start peeing towards the ghost. Just like, just start. A little golden shower action. Maybe, maybe that's what she was there for. Maybe she just really likes golden showers and she's oh. just sticking around the bathroom. That's for why she hangs out in the tub. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot easier to clean up that way. There you go. From personal experience. Well, we'll never know because uh, Danny goes and kind of sits on a bench with uh, Halloran. Uh, Halloran is the. Is the not not the groundskeeper? He was the groundskeeper. He was the old groundskeeper. Yeah. Um. At during you know at the Overlook Hotel during the original Shining, he's the he's the black man who um basically took Danny under his wing. And Halloran says, "Look, Danny, not only do you gotta do you gotta start talking again, but here's a way to deal with all these these things that are after you. You shine real bright, and and these ghosts." are they they see that they see that light coming off you and they and they they look at it as food so they're going to be drawn to you because you woke them all up you're at this place and uh and this place is is a place that that basically eats people like you and so so here's how you deal with it you you have this box you see this box and he shows them this little tin box he's like remember this box and make one of these you're going to rebuild this in your mind and you're going to put them there. He doesn't say all this outright, but this eventually unfolds. And I want to make sure that I, I get I get the full explanation of the box down. So eventually throughout this movie, Danny conquers all his ghosts. He that night he goes he goes home and he's sitting there on the couch watching cartoons with his mom. And he he kind of he has a moment where he looks resolved and he gets up and he walks off into the bathroom and and there's the the ghost the 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 golden shower ghost waiting for him in the in the bathroom and uh, he closes the door behind him and there's a bunch of screaming and it doesn't sound like him screaming and basically it's revealed as the movie goes on that he locks all these ghosts up in his mind he, he yeah all the all the ghosts from the shining that haunted him like the twin girl the doris derwent and the old lady and the butler they're all they're all uh contained inside danny's mind and lloyd yeah and lloyd yeah yeah and uh and so he dispatches the woman from room 237 and um and then we kind of fast forward to New Jersey in 2011. So that was 
roughly 1981, 82. 82. And then we fast forward, you know, 30 years, and now we're in New Jersey in 2011. And it is very clear that Danny is an alcoholic and runs with a bad crowd. Yeah, this scene is basically serving as Danny's low point. Right. His rock bottom for his character. And it it has made a much bigger deal in the book. I'm sure. And a lot more called back to it. And I'm not sure I would have shot it this way in this order. Yeah. But it shows him, you know, getting real drunk and partying with this girl from a bar. And then he blacks out and he wakes up next to her. She's naked. And, you know, they probably... They, prob- they probably did it. They were doing. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing coke, and then he gets up and is trying to find stuff. He checks his wallet and realizes that he spent all of his money. Like he doesn't have any money for rent or the, or, No, he or he realizes that she stole it. Uh, well, it's because he says more to her and she stole it. She stole my money. No, see what what really happened. See, this is this is That's why it's, what he said to Halloran. That's how he viewed it. What was real? What he said was, "I spent the money on coke for her, so basically mm. she took my money." <laughs> like it's oh, it's a roundabout way of of saying it. He checks his wallet; it's completely empty, and then he's like, "Oh fuck!" And then he checks her wallet, and there's money in it, and so he takes it. Yeah. And as he's walking out the door, this little baby with the fullest diaper in the world comes waddling out. Oh, searching for mommy and he is like uh Shit. picks this, up baby puts him puts it next to next to naked mommy n- naked mommy who has thrown up all over the bed yeah it's just the saddest it this is truly like really wrecked my soul yeah Hurt. in the in the book it was even worse like Oof. in the book the description of it and his thought process was he is a you know, it's kind of like Les Miserables, if you've ever re- read that book. they It kind of undercuts the reality that these are bad guys. Yeah. Like, bad guys with bad intentions and are not... They feel irredeemable. Right. Because they just are terrible people making terrible decisions. Anyway, so in the book, not only is... Uh, did all that happen? But also there was still like Coke out on the, on the table yeah. and like the kid was starting to go towards it and, and Yane saying candy. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, just under underline how bad of a situation this was. And Halloran appears to him as a ghost, um, that, that says, Hey man, you can't, you can't take all of her money. And he like tries to reason with him. He's like, well, yeah, like, like Bryce explained, he's like, well, I just used all my money on Coke. And so this is kind of mine. Right. Like Like she, she, she did all the Coke too. So, I mean, it's like, it's justified in the book. It also mentions, you know, how next to the money is like the food stamps. It is. So it's like, this is like, this is a really rough scene to watch. Uh, if you have empathy or compassion of any kind, it is, it's, it's hard because this little, this little, this poor little kid, and you're sure that this happens in real life and you're like, I just want to save all the little babies. Yeah. So he, he leaves and he, next time we see him, he's basically living on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so this is the parallel plot structure that I'm talking about then. So now we're kind of cut, we cut to a different 
timeline, right? We cut back to um, these shine catchers, right? So these this this group of people that it is revealed are called the True Knot. Did we did we even mention that the little girl at the beginning they basically surround her and eat her? Yeah, they they kidnap it's, her. It's at implied. Best. <laughs> it's implied that like they attack her, and it's it's like a a pack of wolves. It's yeah. not like if they were going to grab her, they would have just grabbed her, yeah. but they all like huddle around her. They're going to, it looks like they're going to eat this child. And then later it's, it's explained exactly kind of what they do. Yeah. Stephen King does not shy. He loves torturing little kids. Holy fuck. Yeah. This, it's, this is, it's, I mean, and this movie is rough in regard to that. Um, so as I said, we're introduced to these, uh, the people that we saw at the start of the movie, the people who surrounded this little girl and they, uh, they, turn out to be kind of a group of demigods or something like spirit vampires. Um, and they're called the true knot, not spelled K N O T. So the true knot and they are, it's not smelled spelled K N O T. It's not smelled K N O T. Okay. And, uh, they are scouting a girl who shines, who uses her shine to manipulate perverts and steal from them. So they're, they're kind of like, they're sitting in a movie theater watching this girl basically manipulate a, a pervert who's there to meet her for sex, who's married. And, and they're like, hey, this girl shines in a way that we could use her and we could use her to, to for our purposes, which is our purpose is to catch other people who shine. Yeah. And so this so they, girl will make it easier for us to catch them. They. It's laid out. So the the true knot has the ability to detect other people that have the shining and how much of the shining they have. And what it really is, is they're able to eat the shining yeah. from the people by torturing them I'm or there. killing them. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into exactly how that works. They, they basically, it's, it's so it's an interesting, like, it's so interesting. Like, it's all kind of brand new to me, you know? Yeah, it's a it's a cool concept. It's very, it's very uh, world building. Yeah. It, it expands the idea of what The Shining is and how it operates in the world. It, I mean, it must be used in the rest of the Stephen King universe. Let me just more. say, if you're a, if you're a big fan of Stephen King, or if you're a big fan of Stanley Kubrick, this movie has so many references and callbacks to both of them. There's tons of Dark Tower references. There's tons of um, of other um, Stephen King references. And I mean, the amount of attention to detail it pays to Kubrick's work is just it's just off the charts. Huh. Um, and, and I've got some, I've got some of the, uh, the parallels and all the Easter eggs and stuff thrown into my post at horrormovietalk.com. Yeah. So Danny, uh, then starts to get clean. He, he, he kind of gets himself together. He gets on a train or a bus. He gets on a bus and he heads up North, uh, presumably to Maine and, um, and he gets clean with the help of a kind man who notices him. And yeah, this and kind they, man is named Cliff. Yeah. And he joins AA. And gets cleaned up, and and the next time we see him is a couple of years later. Well, no, he also gets a job. He yeah. gets a job um, at a hospice. Um, yeah, he basically gets a, he, taking care of of old people who are you know getting ready to die. Yeah. Um. 
so Danny pulls himself together and the whole time we're basically given the the uh the information that Danny is really kind of s- suppressing any shining that he has with he re- alcohol. He really doesn't want to deal with ghosts or you know, hearing other people's thoughts anymore. Yeah. yeah. And so that was his coping mechanism was with alcohol. And then he discovers a way to be of use and not to um, burden himself. Yeah. He, when he's working in this hospice, hospice care, there's a cat. This is such a cool concept. There's yeah, a cat is. that always shows up to the old people's room whenever they're about to die. And then Danny goes in. And talks with kind the old follow, person. Follows the cat's lead, and he he helps the people transition to the other side. And these scenes, they're so simple, but man, they packed a lot of emotional punch. Yeah, like they I sure was, did. I was tearing up because just thinking about the end of someone's long life lived, and the fear and the uncertainty of dying, and what that means, and like. You know, we talk so much about it, and then now you here get it's, to... It's real. Yeah. Yeah. And so Danny is able to yeah. comfort them. It's beautiful. With The Shining. Yeah, it really is a beautiful concept. It's a great... Con- like, the concept of him being Dr. Sleep, a man who who helps people, like, with this gift he has, in the most beautiful way you can imagine. Like, in the first man... Yeah, you're right. It thinking about it it does make me kind of teary-eyed because um you know the man's he's old and he knows it you know he knows right. he's ready to go and he knows it's his time he says oh the cat's here if the cat's here i'm gonna fucking die that's the way this works the cat smells death and he's like yeah but it's gonna be okay man you know and he like he transitions him i think i just unlocked it why it's so beautiful is that you come into the world alone and you leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Like there's no one that can experience it with you. Yeah. People can be around you, but the experience of dying is like no one knows it until super you do per- it. Yeah, it's so close. And what Danny gives them is that he's able to experience it with them, mm-hmm. literally. They're like they're thinking about their their happy place or like they're seeing a dead relative. Yeah. And he's able to say, like, yeah, I see him too. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. It's a it's a great concept. Man, it's getting bright. I know, I'm getting I'm getting teary eyed. It's, oh. it's 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 a, really weird. It is a beautiful thing. It is it is beautiful in the book as it is in the movie. Um Yeah, I mean it's pretty similar. There's more in the book in terms of how many people you go through and it kind of takes advantage of like just that being a really really interesting concept and seeing different lives and it plays into the plot more later when abra's uh, grandma dies that's a really big part of the plot Uh, um but it's not the acting it's not essential the acting from these these uh elderly people about this this concept that's coming up for them <laughs> yeah i mean they're they're hollywood el- elderly so they're like in their 60s are, are like, they really I, mean, <laughs> they, I guess they could be made up to i be, think to when, look much older yeah when you're when you're elderly in hollywood you're like you're not that old like 40 like, 41 those people that they they cast were not in their 80s or 90s mm. they were like 
yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I'm always surprised to see how long old people are are around. Like like the grandma from uh from uh Happy Gilmore. <laughs> right. Like, she was fucking old for like thirty years. Right. Um. Anyway. Uh. So. Uh, so that's so he he finds his true calling uh, being Doctor Sleep, and then then we jump to eight years later. So now it's present day. Now it's 2019. He's sober. He's been in AA. Uh, he's been with his buddy Cliff, who helped him get a get a room in this house. Um, and uh, he's been he's also been talking uh, via the Shine to a little girl who also obviously has the shine um, using a chalkboard that you've probably seen in the trailer if you've seen the trailer. And she just says, hello, good morning. And he says, you know, it's time to go to school or whatever it is. Yeah, the girl's named Abra, and we're, we're given a couple glimpses about her. There's not really a ton of character development with Abra in the movie. No. But the important points to hit on her is that she has the shining and she's super powerful with yeah, the shining she's, she's basically what danny was back in the shining like that level of power yeah. and being a, super impressive i don't know if it's in is it in the movie when um how dick halloran asked danny to be like hit me hit me with you know all you got no okay no it's not. in the book dick halloran is talking to Danny um with his mind and he's like just uh if a ghost comes to you just like you know hit him with your shine like give me you know give me a give me like a a 10 and then Danny like hits him with like hey dick yeah in his mind and it basically Knocks like almost him. kills him wow because <laughs> he's so powerful hey dick <laughs> yeah, so this is actually a good spot to take a moment and talk about the shine and what it is and how it manifests. And so everybody, it's basically a superpower. Mm -hmm. um, everybody has a little bit of a different shine. It was alluded to that the first girl in this movie um, had some sort of affinity for flowers. Like it was it was that specific. Her shine had something to do with with plants and uh, and just a natural knowledge of either where they were or what they were or how they worked or all of the above. And then there's other people who can make make people do, like their specialty with the shine is to make people do things. It's basically the the same as mutants in the X-Men. It's exactly it's a, that. it's a mutation that yes. gives you superpowers. Yeah, and and some people are so like Danny and Abra are so incredibly gifted with the shine that they are essentially they have they're the superman of shine they can do all kinds of things they can project themselves into your mind they can talk to you over long distances they can project themselves into a place in time that that they where they are not and where they cannot be seen they can uh they can do all kinds of stuff they can yeah, mind so lot, lots you. of superpowers and then for the intense of the story for the true knot they call the shine steam because when you kill someone or torture someone with the shining they expel some of the shining in the form of steam through their mouth and the the true knot eats that yeah so, it keeps and it keeps them young and vibrant and strong for yes. a long 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 life so yeah, it's so everyone in in the true knot <laughs> i'm for in all intents and purposes, you're basically immortal as long as you're eating steam. Yeah, but the true knot is coming into a, a little bit of a an issue, which is the world is 
less and less shiny as of yeah. late. And so they have less and less food. And one of them, Grandpa Flick, is kind of ailing and yeah. eventually he ends up dying. Um, and they all scoop up all of his, all his yeah. steamy steam. So now we, we cut back to the true knot who is out on the prowl for a little boy who they sniffed from a few States away. They say this, this kid's got some power in him. He's got some steam hardcore and he's playing baseball and they get him. They, you know, he's just a little kid in Indiana or Iowa or something like that. And he's playing baseball and they got their, their, candy van and they're driving down the road and they're like hey kid you want to get in the van and he's like no i'm okay and then they're like you're getting in the van well no and then there's like a creepy creepy guy that says like hey get in our, my van and he's like no it's okay I don't, I don't live that far away i'll just walk and then the door opens and then the hot girl is like hey sugar hey good you hop in and he's like okay i want to hop in now but that's her power is making people that's do true things. yeah she she uses her 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 shine to and so this little eight-year-old nine-year-old ten-year-old boy with the shine is abducted and then so these the true knot is kind of like a band of gypsies they they travel around in a caravan um with a bunch of motorhomes and trucks and stuff yeah so in the book this is where stephen king is very explicit in explaining what he's going for with the true knot which is you know those like retirees and the old schlubby people that go around on in caravans and RVs and camp and campgrounds. Yeah. And they're just every American just completely invisible. Yeah. What if those people were trying to eat small children? <laughs> Fuck. Like, that's, that's it. Like, he says basically that in one of the chapters. And... It's such an interesting concept it because they're, they're so concept. invisible yeah. and they don't stay in one place ever long enough to be found out. Yeah. So it's a super nefarious potential group. Yeah. 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 And so they uh, they stake them to the ground. They find a spot where they're, you know, where they're private. They stake the ground out. They tie them to these stakes. And then then they just drop this poor little kid. Like I was so beside myself this is the most harrowing scene like this is almost from a different movie this feels like this feels saw like, level or yeah. just super it's torturing a small child it's so fucked on up. screen it's so fucked up and, and they don't shy away from driving it. knives into his legs and he's just like jesus no are you gonna hurt like he starts out begging he's like you're not gonna hurt me are you please don't hurt me i just want to go home and it's like okay all right like it's too much it's too much like this is one of those things where it's like i just envision my kid and it's like, I don't yeah because you're you, you haven't seen what they actually do <gasps> the previous scene with the girl they just kind of yum, yum, yum. they they swarm her yeah and this one you actually get to see what they do to feed off of steam so it's it it's, is harrowing, and then it torture. sets the stakes for for Abra because when they they start sniffing out Abra and she's like the whale, they start going after, and you're like, oh shit, she is in trouble. Yeah. Um. So now we get a little bit more about. So now we're kind of in the parallel plot structure. We're jumping over to Abra. Um, the little girl Abra, who Danny takes under his wing, is revealed to be the white whale of Shine. And while this little baseball boy is being killed, she looks in. She like watches. She she kind of hears his screams for help from many states away. 
and uh, she watches them do this thing, and she's beside herself with terror. And not only that, Rose the Hat, uh, one of the true not, sees her. They, that she's like, whoa, there's some other little kid watching us do this to, to this kid. So, so afterwards, she says, hey, you know, we got, we had a watcher, and uh, this is the white whale. Like this girl is, she's got some fucking shine in her. So let's go get that steam. And, uh, and so while she is, so Rose is her, her role in the true knot is kind of acting as the, um, the compass basically, like she's the seeker of, of kids with, with shine. So she, she can kind of like astral project herself across the world and kind of like do a broad search and then narrow it down. So she finds this little girl and jumps into her her basically her psyche she jumps into her mind and she starts looking through this file system that is supposed to stand for the mind of young abra and abra degloves her hand <laughs> yeah there's there's several the last half of the movie is basically the true knot coming after abra and or danny and them setting traps for him i cannot i cannot tell you how cool some of these sequences are yeah the, these are action movie, like very well done action sequences and such cool concepts of like, okay, so when when she degloves her hand in like in the in the filing cabinet. in the filing cabinet in her mind, it does it in real life, which is cool, right, yeah. and. And uh, and you're like, yes, you're you're so on the side of this little girl because you've just seen the ultimate stakes. What's uh -huh. what's going to happen to this girl if she doesn't win, which is being tortured to death. And uh, and then like and, and at this point, it kind of like Bryce said, it does kind of devolve into into a chase sequence. I mean, a long devolve chase. or whatever. I mean, basically, the devolve necessarily. But Danny and Abra are trying to catch and trap the true knot because they realize how dangerous they are because they're the only ones that are able to witness what they're doing and yeah. the danger that they represent um, currently and in the future. And so they set a couple traps in long story short, Danny and Abra end up killing pretty much all of the true knot except for and Rose Cliff. And, Cliff. And, and Cliff dies. There's a lot of uh, collateral damage along yeah. the way. And the the ending is Rose the Hat alone coming towards them, and Danny is setting up a trap at the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, Danny goes, okay, well, where's the most dangerous place I can think of for people like me? Because people like because they because these people who are hunting us are probably like us, right? At least a little bit. So the most dangerous place for a person like me is the Overlook Hotel. This is a place that is like the True Knot. Right. This is a place that desires to feed on the shine. Right. So if we go there and I wake up the Overlook Hotel from its long sleep, then maybe the Overlook Hotel will take care of Rose the Hat for us. Yeah, and so that sequence is when all of the flashbacks to. The scenes from The Shining right. that are recreated, amazing. Like, yeah. super, super great. And I love that they, the actors that they cast for it, they're not like spot on Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson, and they're not doing a full-on Shelley Duvall or Jack Nicholson impression. They're doing like 
characteristics of them. So the speech patterns of Shelley Duvall yeah. are like spot on. Yeah. The actress that was playing dead on um, the uh, Torrance mother and the guy playing Wendy, Jack, Wendy, Wendy, Torrance. Wendy Torrance, Jack in this movie. He's not doing a Jack Nicholson. Sorry. What's is it? Jack, Jack Torrance. Jack Torrance. Yeah. yeah. He's not doing a Jack. It's, Nicholson. it's hard because Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance and Danny, whatever his name plays, Danny. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So the guy that plays Jack Torrance isn't doing a Jack Nicholson impression, but he is. He's playing the char- character of Jack Torrance with a little flavor of Jack Nicholson, yeah. which works really good. Um, anyways, the they trap they they entrap Rose the Hat in the Overlook, and it doesn't necessarily go exactly as planned. But mm, I I don't want to spoil the end of the movie, but you can probably expect what it's, happens. It's great. I I love actually I will spoil the movie because I need to I need to say I know we're we're getting there. So having read The Shining and Doctor Sleep and watched um, The Shining and Doctor Sleep movies, there's this really interesting nexus of how they intertwine because. The Shining movie does not follow the book. There's some very important right. characters that are killed early on. Like Dick Halloran in the movie The Shining is killed instantly. And he plays a huge part in the ending of the book in saving Wendy and Danny. Oh, okay. And at the end of the book The Shining, the Overlook Hotel is blown up. Oh. The boiler is exploded and it burns down. Okay. And then, so in this movie, um, it's not, so the book, Dr. Sleep, is a sequel to the book, The Shining, and the movie, Dr. Sleep, is a sequel to the movie, The Shining. Right. (laughs) So you have some issues if you're going to adapt a book that's depending on characters that are still alive, that Uh, weren't alive in the movie. Sure. So... How they did it was really interesting. Dick Halloran. By the way, the casting for Dick Halloran, I was I was like, is that the same actor? Yeah. Like Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers. Yeah, that it's such good casting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> to David, they all look alike, so it's you'll have to. <laughs> What's who's they? What the fuck are you talking about? Um, actors. Mm. Um, so the 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 fact that they bring in Dick Halloran and he basically serves the same purpose that he does in the book, but they just say, oh, but he's a ghost, is yeah. pretty smart. Yeah. And then in the in the book, Dr. Sleep, when he goes to the Overlook, the Overlook doesn't exist. It's where the Overlook was. And it's basically they built a patio in the, in the wilderness or whatever, or it's just basically a national park. Hmm. And um, it was just enough to to go there and be in the place. Um, but in this, in the movie, they go to the Overlook, which still exists. And they basically use the ending of the book, the shining in the movie, Dr. Sleep, which they yeah. basically explode the boiler and the, and the hotel burns down. Yeah. And which is really, I mean, it's, it's cool. The, the choices that they made were, were very smart and it, it uh, does justice to both the movie, the shining um, you know, having Doctor Sleep as a sequel, but also does a really good job of adapting the the novel Doctor yeah. Sleep. It was it was a great movie. Hang on. So, final recommendations. 
Who would like uh, Doctor Sleep? Here, uh, you go ahead and you do yours first. Who do you think? Who do you think should go see this movie or not? I mean, this is pretty close to a general audience horror movie as you can get. It's uh, very friendly to. It's got some great scares in it too. Yeah, it's got great scares. It's a really good story. Great acting. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, I I wouldn't. I think pretty it has something for everyone. Yeah, yeah. This is a good date movie. It's a, for for your wife or girlfriend that's not super into horror movies. Look, I'm not a big fan of long movies, and this movie is even longer than The Shining by about six minutes, and I loved it. And you know, even The Shining feels a little long to me, and I love that movie. But this movie, it like it, it earns every bit of itself to me. Uh, what I'll say is, if you want much more info on what The Shine is and how it works, Dr. Sleep can help you out. More than that, it's a fabulous story for the big screen, told by a man who really cares about the craft. If you're a fan of either Stephen King's book, books or Kubrick's adaptation, this movie brings you back to the place it all began and puts a fitting cap on it before it sends The Shining off to slumberland. <sighs> off to slumberland. And with that, let's get into... Taglines. A very fitting intro. Here's taglines. Yeah, what a yeah. For for once it, it makes perfect yeah. it lines up perfectly. And next week it'll be great too. Okay, so I'm I'm going I'm going first with taglines here. Okay. Okay, so let's uh, I think I got it all queued up. Are you ready for me? Uh-huh. Here we go. Oh, I should I should preface this by saying taglines is a game where we make up ta- alternate taglines or just make funny jokes about the movie uh that so that you can laugh or cringe or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here is my first one. Hey, I found a shortcut through your hedge maze. Get away, you little No no go easy on the wee one. His father's gonna go crazy and chop them all into Haggis. What's Haggis? <gasps> Boy, you read my thoughts. You've got the shinning. You mean shining. Shh. You want to get sued? Now look, boy, if your dad goes gaga, you just use that shin of yours to call me and I'll come a-running. But don't be reading my mind between four and five. That's Willie's time. Yeah, don't go reading my mind between four and five, Bryce. (laughs) I like that. So as a kid... I think I think I saw this Simpsons episode before I saw uh-huh. The Shining, and I was like so enthralled. The mm. episode, the Simpsons episode, was like, "What is this about? I must see yeah. this thing." Those early Treehouse of Horrors were fantastic. It was great. Okay, Doctor Sleep, Jack is back. Oh, that's not Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it because. <laughs> I, I can't even really quite explain why I love that one so much. Jack is back. Oh, that's not Jack. <laughs> Hooray. Okay, yeah. here's here's more from the Treehouse of Horror. Just cause, oh, okay. Uh, I, just because I love it. I know. I can't, you, you, once you get on a Simpsons, Jack, I can't you, you can't get myself. away from it. 
cool out. I think I'll have a beer. Mm. Not a drop in the house. What do you know? Mm. Homer, I'm impressed. You're taking this quite well. I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you. Homer! Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. It's funny I can do to keep myself occupied. Maybe I'll check out that axe collection. See you later. Mom, is that going to kill us? We're just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> Mom, is Dad going to kill us? We're just going to have to wait and see. I'll kill you. I'll kill all. You know, you should have Nothing. saved these for the review of The I, Shining. I, I you thought know. you were going to say that. I knew you were going to be oh, chiding me. Uh-huh. But I but I had to come out ahead of you. I Because I knew you were going to take these from The Shining. And I can't oh. let you do that. I can't let you do that. Lame. You can't let you have them. I'll, I'll leave the rest of them to you. Because there are plenty more. Uh, yeah, I know. Me. I know. Give me the bat march. Give, Give me, me the bat march. Uh, Okay, Dr. Sleep. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. 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 This is Mother Goose. I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello. 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 I'm Shelley Duvall. I probably should have saved that one for The Shining. I love it. It goes on for another 20 seconds. Hello. I'm Shelley Duvall. I love it. That was from Mother Goose Tales with Shelley Duvall, right? Yeah, something like that. I remember that from my childhood. So hard. Oh, man. Hit me so hard right now. Jesus. Okay, so I was basically on a Simpsons jag, uh-huh. pretty hard. I know. Um, how you I, work. I can't. I can't do a. Uh, I can't do a clip for this, but I just couldn't get it, the Simpsons out of my mind, uh-huh. and so it, this is devolved into. I'm sorry, you won't. You won't know what this is unless you watch the Simpsons heavily. So, Doctor Sleep, Doctor Sleep. He makes you laugh. He makes you think with the monkeys. <laughs> Jesus. I just. I'm a. I'm a slave to it. Okay, Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Sleep. Abra, Abra, You know what? If you can do it in post, can you take out the Kadabra from that clip? No. Abra, Abra, I want to reach out and grab you. That's what I should have done. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, Abra was, we didn't spend much time talking about her, but she was a fucking bad ass in this movie. Yeah, she's Never even... have I been like, so like, yeah, fuck yeah, for a character in a movie. Like, yeah, fuck him, Abra, get him good. Like, yeah, it's even better in the book, actually, because in the book, when she's in her mind capturing Rose, <sighs> she turns into like a Valkyrie. Wow. <laughs> she's that kind of like that um that action figure that was on our side stand i thought they were going to do that scene in in the movie because they kind of focus on this one action figure on her on her bed stand oh yes that's right and in her dreams when she's attacking yeah. rose in the book she turns into like her favorite superhero and she's like on a stallion and like with a full plate metal and like a spear or something that's like really badass dude she was so badass in this movie i i i was just I was just like rooting for. Her. I'm so glad. Like, ah, uh, and then the end. Good ending. Uh, yeah, a Stephen King movie where you like the ending. What's what's the uh, what's the chances of that? Yeah, I mostly mean, mostly because it just steals a bunch of stuff from The Shining. I mean, 
I mean, <laughs> it, it chapter two, like wouldn't shut up about how bad it knew its ending was going to be. Like yeah. it intentionally told you oh, it's going to be a bad ending. And sure enough, I hated it. You know what? That's, that's funny because <coughs> the ending in the shining, the book is probably the most satisfying Stephen King ending mm. that I've come across. Okay. It's yeah. I mean, it just blows up the fucking hotel. It's pretty great. Just yeeted it on, on yeah. out of there. Just yeet. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see here. What else? You got any You got any more taglines there, big guy? Nope, that was it. Okay. With that, thank you, everyone, for listening to our show. Go out and watch Dr. Sleep this weekend. Take your loved ones to the movie. Take your little kids to the movie if you want to horrify them and make them worried about um, steam vampires. Share our podcast with a friend. Hop on iTunes. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Give us whatever you'd like to do. It'll it, like us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. Check out our website. Please like us. Just like us, please. Yeah, and if you'd like to support us, remember there's Shutter with the HMT at checkout code that gets you 30 days free. Shutter. Yeah, I mean in actuality, Shutter doesn't really support us if you well, want to support the show we want to you can do we do want Amazon to turn thing. it into something that does though yeah well yeah and uh and so so yeah check out shutter hmt at checkout gets you 30 days free streaming of horror movies and shows um also a uh, more direct method of support would be our patreon which gets you access at a certain tier i think a five dollar tier gets you access to a whole nother podcast that we do called the Afterpod, where we just leave the mics running and we talk about what's been going on with our week and uh things that we love things that we hate we talk about you know um dick sizes and all kind of weird uh-huh. horrible things and um and also, you can bookmark us on Amazon and use our link to Amazon to help fund some of our... We need to buy a new mic. So if you'd like to buy some stuff on Amazon or just buy us a mic on Amazon through our Amazon link and then send it to us. Um, uh-huh. Also, check out our last review for The Lighthouse on that. We, we, we'll share some of the pumpkins that came through on the pumpkin carving contest on our Facebook page and Twitter so that you guys can check it out. Make sure to check those out this week um and with that thank you everyone we appreciate you we love you and uh and have a great november and we'll see you next week bye 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 Tired, cranky, never able to achieve the restful sleep that you deserve? Time for you to call Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep has just the prescription for you. He will diagnose you with what ails us all, life. And then he writes the prescription, eternal rest. Never worry about falling asleep again. Never worry about anything again. Call 1-800-DR-SLEEP today and embrace eternity tomorrow.